coming up on the Brent Allen Podcast. You know, when you're a celebrity, they let you do anything. Grab him by the pussy. Yep, I moved on her like a bitch. Nobody moved on her better than me. Nobody. Stormy was okay. Frankly, Melania was better. And best of them all was Ivanka. Dad, I'm standing right in front of you. You wanted me to report the crowd size back to you. Oh, sorry, Eric. I got the excess Hollywood flashbacks. I apologize that you had to hear me talk about your sister like that. But she honestly, frankly, was really terrific. And no one moved on her better than me. Not even Jared Kushner. President Trump, you're up. In conclusion, illegal immigration is bad and orange man is better. Without further ado, President Donald J. Trump. Thank you, Mike. I really did pick a tremendous vice president. Honestly, no one picks better vice presidents than me. No one. Anyways, whoa, look at the size of this crowd. Quiet. Quiet down. And could you just imagine the look on the fake news media's face if Obama had this crowd size, or for that matter, crooked Hillary Clinton? Frankly, the fake news media is so horrible at reporting facts over fake news. You are the enemy of the people. Fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. Anyways, my tremendous administration has frankly done more than any administration in the history of presidential administrations. Just ask Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Holy Louisiana biscuits, we really did fill the stadium up. The president is 100% correct. When he says we've accomplished more than any administration, we've tariffed China, deported illegal invaders, and of course kicked Jim Acosta out of more press conferences than any administration in history. Thank you, Sarah. You are truly the greatest press secretary in the history of press secretaries. Mr. President, can we guarantee that you're going to tell the truth for the remainder of this speech? Quiet, Jim. You're fake news. Can we guarantee that? You are fake news. Can we? You're fake news. Security, I want him escorted. <laughs> CNN fake news is the enemy of the people. No one reports facts better than Donald J. Trump himself. CNN sucks. CNN sucks. CNN sucks. CNN sucks. Hi, I'm Anderson Cooper, back here at CNN with Anderson Cooper 360, and we are going to tune out of Trump's re-election announcement because CNN should not have to take that abuse. We will be tuning in to Bernie Sanders' fundraiser for Deadbeat Dads, live from Chicago, while I'll be checking my pulse. Welcome to our first fundraiser for Deadbeat Dads. Deadbeat Dads should only pay 25% of their child support payments because the top 1% of the 10% of honors in the United <coughs> Socialist states of America have gotten tax cuts by the greedy Trump administration. I have three houses. It's not socialism, it's democratic socialism. Did beat Dodds for Bernie. Did beat Dodds should be able to hang over the fences of their kids' sporting events without shame. 
Because that's a human right! Hey, hey, welcome back again to the Brent Allen Podcast. Today is our 14th episode, and joining us today is dual citizen, legal immigrant, and conservative Latina activist who had over 76,000 followers on Facebook, and Facebook took down her page, and she's working on getting it back. She's in the process of that. Paloma for Trump, Paloma Zuniga. Paloma, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Uh, Hi, Brent. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Yeah. My name is Paloma, Paloma Zuniga, uh, also known as Paloma for Trump. I was born in Mexico and uh, migrated to America legally when I was 10 years old through my uh, my mom. My mom actually married an American citizen when my bi- biological dad passed away. And um, and I've been I've been going back and forth between Mexico and America basically my whole life. I used to visit America, only visit for the first 10 years of my life. And, um, and I remember as a kid, always having so much, uh, admiration and love and respect for America, especially when going back to Mexico, it really, I, I really, um, I, I really valued the contrast of, of Mexico and America and how clean America always has been and always was, uh, and just everything America, everything America is about. And, um, and years ago. I started noticing a lot of a lot of changes, but yeah, that's who I am. I'm a legal immigrant to America, and um, and I became an American citizen 14 years ago. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. I, I think America is really the greatest country in the world, and I think you have really good intentions there to bridge the gap, the cultural gap, the political gap between Mexico and America. I, I really do. I really do. You know, I've seen. Um, I see. What's going on in both countries? I see so much corruption, and I've seen it for years, and um, and also where that corruption is coming from. I, you know, I've seen a lot of special interest in Mexico, um, really, you know, go after a lot of a lot of uh, America's resources, and really wanting to take over America. And I, and I've seen it for years. You know, I've seen the manipulation of the Hispanic population in America by by the by the big networks like Univision and um, and Telemundo who directly work with uh, also some of the biggest networks in, in Mexico and Latin America and um, and it's very obvious to to see what you know how they how, how they how they're trying to take over the Hispanic market in, in in America and just again manipulate you know their their way of thinking 
and brainwash them and uh and eventually kind of you know i see america turning into a third world kind of like mexico if somebody like president trump didn't do something about it i've seen it for years and and, and you know when president trump announced he was running for president when president trump got elected for me it had been many years many years that i had seen what he what he even talked about so it wasn't just because he announced he was running for president or or his ideology it was something that i had seen firsthand the show that also does help us out a, a ton we get much more viewers when people shout it out uh just like yourself regular viewers whether you have not a lot of followers or a lot it really does help us out so please go do that right now okay now it's time for leftist joke of the day a conservative a leftist and a socialist live in the same house one day it burned down why did only the conservative live he was the only one at work so, getting into the news, pretty much, you might have heard Kyle Kashev, a Parkland survivor, a, a victim of the, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, the massacre in February 14, 2018, uh, when, I'm not going to say the shooter's name, because I do have a thing on this show that we will not mention and glorify mass shooters and killers, but when the shooter came in, he was in the midst of the shooting, he saw his friends get shot, and pretty much, he is under fire by the left. He got his college admissions revoked by Harvard, um, Kashev's admissions, and pretty much how it happened was that a couple years ago, when Kyle was 16, because he's 18 now, and when he was 16 years old, he was in, keep this in mind, a private, a private Google Doc with his, his quote, friends, his actual political adversaries when he started to become political he pretty much said he dropped a ton of n-bombs he said a ton of derogatory things toward toward black folks it really is disgusting but the fact was the fact of the matter is that well i forgive him and a lot of other conservatives have that I mean we're not going to ignore that just for our own political convenience of him being conservative because of any liberal if any leftist if they this happened to them too when they were 16 years old and the 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 republicans started demonizing them i would stand and defend them Especially if it's something like a school shooting, which Kyle said, and we're going to read up on all of his tweets, and we're going to really weigh into this. I don't know if you heard about this, Paloma, but he he's now under fire. He got his admissions revoked from Harvard, which is really just a gross thing to do. And he matured a lot from when he was 18, but, I mean, still what he said was unacceptable. He was 16, though. He's now 18. And, I mean, I see it at school. People say it. I don't particularly say racial slurs or anything like that. And, I mean, it, it happens. It happens. I mean, 16-year-olds are much different than people of older age. I mean, he's, he's not 30 or 40 on social media, actual social media. This is a private Google Doc. And he pretty much, these, his political adversaries waited until he resigned. He stepped down from turning, well, not resigned, he just stepped down from Turning Point USA to go to college. He turned down a ton of colleges, and Harvard was where he was going to in the fall, and then call, uh, Harvard 
turned them down. They waited for that so that he had nowhere to go. He had no education. He had no job, no source of income. So what are what are your thoughts on uh, on this Paloma and uh, your initial thoughts? Because I, I don't know if you heard of it or, at all. I, I did hear a little bit about it. And, um, you know, I think that that we are we're being attacked and censored pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. We really are, you know. Um, so, you know, especially when it comes to free speech. That's one of the things that that America that America really thrives on, and that America protects um, from its beginning. And um, you know, I, 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 as you know, probably I, I live in Mexico, and one of the things that one of the things that scares us the most out here sometimes is speaking our minds. Um, and uh, so I think it's it's something so important that America has to focus on right now, protecting our our freedom of speech. Um, sorry, th- this is all glitchy. Uh, months prior to the shooting, to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas saying he he was he was okay for saying what he said, but yeah, what I what I am saying is you know exactly exactly the same. He was 16 years old, and uh, and, and it definitely should be used against him to try to like ruin his life to make an example out of him because that's how I see it. They're they're you know they're publicizing the fact that that they will they will basically. You know, shut every door for him. If Harvard shut the doors, every other, you know, I mean that that's pretty that's pretty high profile, and uh, and I think they're using him as an example, honestly. year olds making idiotic comments using callous and inflammatory language in an effort to be as stream and shocking as possible. So if anybody is actually my age or anybody is, is 16 or actually older, and they remember people did this because of the shock effect. And listen, I've said stuff that I regret too. Nothing to this extent, but I've said stuff that I regret too. And the fact of the matter is that you can't move on from it. He can't apologize and you have to try to ruin his life. From it is just a really gross thing. It really is. It's not good for our culture. It's not good for the political climate, the social fabric. It's really not. But if you remember, people did this for the shock effect. Not necessarily because they meant it. I hope not. I don't think Kyle meant it. I met him at a Turning Point USA event. He was very nice, very good guy. And I, I don't, I don't think he meant it. I, I think most people that say this kind of stuff, they don't mean it, especially in this country. And they just do it for the shock effect. And yeah, it's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. yeah, 
I'm embarrassed by it, but I want to be clear that the comments I made are not indicative or of who I am or who I've become in the years since. This past year has forced me to mature and grow in an incredibly drastic way. My world, like everyone else's in Parkland, was turned upside down on February 14th. When your classmates, your teachers, and your neighbors are killed, it transforms you as a human being. I see the world through different eyes, and I'm embarrassed by the petty, flippant kid represented in those screenshots. depends on people like myself and people like these all all these other conservative commentators that are sitting by defending them not for the things they said but they're defending their apology they're they're pointing out like i pointed out many times just in this past couple minutes that what they said is not right what they said is disgusting it shouldn't be used but they're remembering that he was a 16 year old kid so what's her name i forget her name i think it's over at cnn or msnbc she posted a bunch of, I believe it was racist, inflammatory stuff a couple years ago. I don't know if you know the name, Paloma. And she, on, on social media, not a private Google Doc, social media, public social media, and she said, she took it down and said she got hacked. I mean, this isn't the same thing. Plus, that woman was middle-aged. I mean, this is a 16-year-old kid. He saw his friends get killed. After I issued this apology... This letter from Harvard is full of crap. It's a big F you. The next one that I read, he got two letters from Harvard. But the, the next one is especially a big a, a big middle finger to cash of and saying, have a nice life, good luck. And they're doing this because they're leftists. You have to keep in mind, we'll talk a bit about this at the end of the uh, the this segment too, that Harvard, on a regular basis, turns down Asian students. Actually, why, why don't we just talk about it now? I'll skip to that. I, I also didn't know if you wanted to say anything just now, Paloma. No, I mean, you know, you made a good point. Even if this was David Hogg who, who it was happening to, I think it comes to a point where we just, you know, we have to step back and look at things for what they are and not, you know, not, I mean, this is complete prejudice. That's how I see it. And, uh, and yeah, they are trying to ruin his life over something that he said when he was 16 years old. And it's, it's, it's really disgusting is what it is. First two criteria. 
academics, and extracurricular activities, which can objectively be assessed than white students, Latinos, and African Americans. Harvard justifies its Asian American quota with the help of Category 3 personal qualities, which includes vague and largely subjective factors like likability, maturity, integrity, and averseness. According to Harvard's own internal reports, Asian American applicants are routinely and systematically marked much lower on this personality scale by Harvard admissions officers who almost never meet or interview the applicants in person. The real racism starts where Harvard's personality ratings give, given to Asian students by admissions officers are vastly different than the personality ratings Harvard gets from its own alumni interviewers, who actually meet the applicants in person. So the alumni interviewers, they take the Asian students in, they take every student in, and they interview them, actually in person. So the Harvard admissions officers, they don't do that, because they're, they're the racist in this. The, the alumni interviewers really aren't. I hope not. I, I, we haven't seen anything. But the Harvard admissions officers do. And with the alumni interviews, yeah, they actually meet them, the applicants, of course, person. The alumni interviewers score Asian applicants as high as whites. In other words, Harvard artificially and fraudulently downgrades Asians based on personality, Asians' personality, to get the results it wants. So, I mean, that that's pretty much what's going on at Harvard. And they are turning down a... A, who's a person who's actually not racist just because they're conservative. If this happened to David Hogg, the media would be rushing on all sides of the aisle oh, to defend him. To defend him. They really would. And just because he's conservative, it really it's really just a, a really bad situation because, like I said, he's conservative. Uh, so, here's a letter. Dear Mr. Kashev, here I have to Leave this up. Dear Mr. Kashev, we have become aware of media reports discussing offensive statements allegedly authored by you. As you know, Harvard reserves the right to withdraw an offer of admission. Sorry, this is really hard to read. Um, under various conditions, including, quote, if you engage or have engaged in behavior that brings you into question of your honesty, maturity, and moral character. So they question his moral character, his responsibility and maturity. Harvard has felons at their school. That's fine. They, they serve their... The felons serve their, their time in prison. But they have felons at their school. We can play this game if we want to. Yeah. It sounds like it. Wow. I had no... Well, I mean, I, I get the whole felon thing and people given a second chance. I get all that. But, but at the same time, it's like if you're going to give a felon a second chance, well, you can't give a person who, who made a statement a second chance... a written explanation to your actions for the commu- uh, committee's consideration. Please email these materials so to us by no later than 10 a.m. Tuesday, May 29th. Sincerely, William R. And I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So, I mean, all around, just a bad situation. So, 
Cash responds, I responded to the letter with a full explanation, apology, and requested documents. So, dear Mr. Fitzsimmons, that, that's it. Thank you for the opportunity to elaborate on what had been very difficult and painful public controversy. We, which has left me with feelings of deep regret over an episode I had long forgotten. Let me first state that I apologize unequivocally for my comments, which were made two years ago in a private among equally mature high school students. That's the other thing. Where are these high school, are these other students that were in the chat, the private Google Doc? Why aren't they under fire from the media? I mean, they're probably on the left wing of politics, and pretty much, I, we don't actually have time for the whole, the whole um, letter, but he wrote, Kashev wrote to Harvard, and he pretty much said that I deserve to go here. I have a, a really good GPA. The kid is actually extremely smart, too. He's a really smart guy. He had something like a 5.5 GPA out of, like, hundreds of students in his class. So he said that pretty much he deserved to get in because of that. And on top of that, that he, you know, he apologized for that again. And then he sent another letter pretty much of the same type of format to the Office of Diversity. And the Office of Diversity pretty much replied saying, you know, we understand that you said that. That's, I mean, that's not okay, but you said it. That was a while ago. That was before the shooting. I, we're happy to see you here in fall 2019, which is a good letter. That's fine. And after that, he asked Harvard admissions for a meeting, and they uh, turned it down. So I'm just going to read these last couple tweets from him. Harvard deciding that someone can't even grow, especially after a life-altering event like the shooting is deeply concerning. If any institution should understand growth, it's Harvard, which is good as good which is as looked as the pinnacle of higher education despite its checkered past. So now what? I'm figuring it out. I had to, I'd given up huge scholarships in order to go to Harvard, and the deadline for accepting other college offers has ended. I'm exploring all options at the moment. So that's the end of his tweet. That's pretty much the end of the con, not the end of the controversy. Harvard admissions has rescinded his, his application. He was supposed to go there. He uh, it doesn't look like as of now that he is. And it's really a gross thing when you have a university who is, like he said, at the top of the top, turning down Asian students. But when, when, when a kid says something when he's 16, guys, yeah, no, you know, we, we should still, still hold that against him. Especially after, uh, like he said, after a life-altering shooting. And I'm not defending him because he's conservative. If this happened to David Hogg or Cameron Casey, I believe his name was, who was on, uh, he started the March for Lives, and I think he was on the Ben Shapiro Sunday special, I mean, this hap happened to them. I would be defending them just as much. And it is really gross stuff. I don't know if you had any last, last thoughts on that, Plumma, but we're going to move on to AOC and her, what she said about concentration camps and immigration. Um, no, again, I think there's a lot of inequality going on. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, everything's very biased. I mean, it's not just... It's not just... It's, it's on college campuses... It's on social media. It's everywhere. Two days ago, I got thrown out of a Westin hotel for wearing a, a Trump hat. And I can guarantee you, if I wouldn't have been wearing a Trump hat, that wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's you know, we, it's something that we definitely got to keep fighting and giving attention to because uh, we can't let, you know, we can't let someone like him 
take this all on his own without us trying to do something about it. So I'll post about it on my on my page as well and give it more attention as much as I can. the immigration ICE detention centers in the U.S. on the southern border for illegal aliens are concentration camps, like Nazi concentration camps. Yeah. Uh, she, I don't know if you heard of that, Paloma. I, I did. I have, yes. I've been, I've been seeing a lot about it, yeah. I mean, not only is that extremely disrespectful respectful to Holocaust survivors, but it's completely ignoring the fact that these detention centers, they provide basic human rights, they give you a trial. They give you everything you could imagine. I mean, m more than most Americans. Exactly. And, um, and you know, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, again, I live in Mexico, so I'm very familiar with what you know, human rights violations uh, really physically firsthand looks like. I've been, um, I've been a victim of it. I've been, uh, I've been basically kidnapped by Mexican police. And, um, and... You know, they just, you know, I wish someone like AOC would experience what we experience in our countries to really know what what abuse and, uh, and, and no human rights actually looks like. And, you know, it, it seems to me like I, I just posted about it. One of my friends uh, actually posted about it and I, I shared his, 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 uh, his post. Um, for the first time in history, you have people jumping fences to, uh, into concentration camps. Yeah, they know I what saw they're doing. Too. Yeah, they know what they're doing, and they they're they're fully aware of the consequences. They know they're breaking the law. They're willing to uh, to do whatever it takes to try to get into America because, in the end, they they think that it's going to pay off by either you know working and not paying taxes or by taking advantage of America in some way. And again, uh, you know these these detention facilities from uh, from what I've what I've ex what I've seen what I've researched. Um, they have much, much, much more rights than even that than, the, than we even have in our country sometimes. So, wow, it's uh, she has she's clueless. She's really, really stupid. They're not letting them do that. They're just letting them flood through for their own political... There's, there's much more to it. There, it's much more than just coming and wanting a better life. And, mm -hmm. and you know, if it was just that, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And again, being from Mexico and, and, uh, and seeing all the things I have seen over the last, you know, 12, 13 years now, I can tell you that, yes, a lot of them are hardworking people, and then, they, and then all of them definitely suffer... Uh, to a certain extent, and a lot of them are in danger, and a lot of them are under, uh, you know, persecution. But 
But here's the thing. If they didn't take, I am mad at them. You know, I am as, I as a Mexican, as a Hispanic, as a legal immigrant to America, I am mad at a, a lot of them. Maybe not all of them, but I am mad at a lot of them. And the reason why, and I'll tell you why, is because they take such advantage of the U.S. system, of the welfare system, of the of all these social programs that were designed to help Americans in need, temporary need, and not to make a lifestyle out of. And they've been they've been abusing these systems for decades. I think you might have changed my mind on that just now. Um, and, you know, I didn't look at that. Yeah. Tell you something, and I know, and, and I don't mean to, you know, put uh, tags on you or I or yeah. you know labels. Um, never apologize for speaking the truth, and I'm telling you this as a Mexican. Okay, mm-hmm. never apologize for speaking the truth just because you are white, Brent. Never, never back down. Never be afraid of it because the truth is the truth. And if we wouldn't have had this white guy speak the truth four years ago, we wouldn't be, be we wouldn't be having this conversation you and I right now. Yeah. Uh, we we'd still be afraid of speaking the truth. You would feel like a racist. I would feel like um, like a hater to my own my own race. And that's not true. I'm not a hater to my own race, and you are not a racist. What's going on is that we're, we're we know what's going on. We know the truth, and you may not know it as well as I do as far as this welfare fraud. And, all the abuse of billions of dollars every year, but I do. I know it firsthand, and I've seen it, and I've heard them talk about it, and I've heard them laugh about it, and uh, and uh, and it's the truth. And if, if it wasn't for someone, you know, I don't care what color he is, speaking the truth, um, you know, we it, it wouldn't it wouldn't even be on the table right now. And so, you know, I I can tell you as a Mexican that is in Mexico right now, that lives in Mexico and has dual citizenship. Never, ever, ever be afraid to call things for what they call things out for what they are. Yeah, you might have just changed my mind on that. Um, yeah, I mean, like before, just now. I mean, that really just opened up my mind to actually because I mean, you're you're really a firsthand kind of of what ha- is happening in Mexico, and of course yeah, the. Oh, yeah. I, I I I know they're not migrants. I know that they're they're not. I, I don't call them immigrants. They're they're illegal aliens. I know that. Yeah, well, once they're in, they're in America, yeah, when they you know when they leave their country, they're they're economic migrants basically. But once they get into America illegally, they well, are illegal aliens. immigrants. Yeah. and uh, and you know that's another thing too. Uh, Facebook has 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 us terrified of saying that word illegals when it's actually true. It's actually we, again we're calling things out for what for what they are. We're being honest. We're being real, and we're just using a, a, a factual term. We're not. We're not, you know, we're not putting nicknames on people. We're not shaming anyone. We're just calling. If you don't have the right to be somewhere, you're not legal in that place, and that makes you an illegal, okay? And especially in a country, and uh, and so, yeah, you know, they uh, they they do a lot of them do cross into America illegally. And another thing that they're doing illegally too is they're asking for for asylum illegally too. They're also doing that because when you lie. When you uh, commit fraud, that's also illegal. So even a lot of the ones that are in America already that have asked, that have seeked asylum, it's almost illegal because they did it the wrong way. Whether they've they've gotten caught or not, they're they, they're still doing it the wrong way. So that to me, that's illegal. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, like I I already knew that. Like I I know that the migrant stuff that they're coming in, they're just. The immigrant stuff is full of crap. I was actually debating some feminist on Instagram, 
this past week, and she asked me, um, can you please stop using that word illegal? I'm like, no, I'm not going to have my country trampled on by them coming in, taking advantage of us for your political adv- adv- uh, convenience. Exactly, exactly. Oh. And, and, you, and you shouldn't have to, and you shouldn't have to. And the one thing that makes me so proud, you know, a lot of times, well, that, not a lot of times, all the time, to do what I do is that um, I've seen a lot of suffering. I've seen a lot of desperation in Americans and, and um, and I and I've also seen the attacks and the criticism and the judgment that a lot of Americans, you know, especially again white Americans, go through, and and it really really upsets me because I know they are they are just defending their country. They are just standing up for what for what's right and for the future of America, and here they are being judged and judged and attacked and everything else. Um, because of the color of their skin, and it shouldn't have to be that way. I mean, being an American is not a color of, the, of, of your skin, first of all. And also, yeah. um, us Hispanics being used, uh, being used as a as a uh, as a as a political pawn for them, as a you know, we're literally being used. And so when I when I open my mouth, when I speak my mind, I do it with a lot of pride, Brent, because I I, I think you know, I. I have the power to knock down your entire false narrative. No, yeah. it's not about the color of my skin. I, I, I was at the impeachment rally last week, and I don't know if you heard about the impeachment rally. Did you have any in, in Phoenix? Um, I, well, are, are they just kind of pickets? Are they... Well, we had... They were all over the nation. Oh, they're big rallies? Yeah, well... Um, I mean, they were expected to be really big, but actually they, the, the yeah. turnout was pretty awful. Unlike and, Trump's uh, rallies. Yeah, impeachment rally in LA. That they have. So I, that's the one I went to. That was supposed to be the the biggest one closest to me, you know, because they also had them in DC and they also had them in Texas. But anyway, so um, the one here in in, in LA, um, I was being called uh, I was being called a racist and I was being called all kinds of things. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you're you're really some kind of stupid because you know how are you calling me a racist, especially when I live in Tijuana? I mean, it would be different if if I was uh. You know, and if I would, if, if I were, if, if I was of Hispanic descent, and yeah, maybe you know, having lived in America my entire life, or even born in America, and not really having any contact um, with my with my culture and, and my and the country where I come from, but that's not the case. Like I drove to uh, to L.A. the night before. You know, I live in mm-hmm. Mexico. I'm standing on Mexican soil. I know exactly what's going on, and believe me, I'm anything but racist. You know. I I know that. I know that. And, uh, one thing, yeah, because I think, because we were hiking a mountain, Camelback Mountain, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's in, uh, East Valley, Arizona, yeah, we're, I was there with my family, and we passed by these impeach signs, it was so funny, uh, yeah, but there was like, there was like 30, 40 people, nothing, it was just like a little picket, I thought, it must have been one, but, yeah, one thing you said just there I want to really highlight is that you, you said that the American culture is very unique, we, we, they don't have an identity, and, like, I've said this before, I said this when I was debating this feminist this weekend that I just told you about. America, the Mexican culture should be appreciated. It should be recognized. But the American culture has far outpaced the last 50 years. It is a unique culture. You're not considered a Mexican if you're not ethnically Mexican. Same goes with German. You're not considered a citizen of, well, a citizen. You're not considered German if you're not ethnically German or French or Russian or Chinese. I mean, America 
you are considered Amer- an American if you are a Latino and you you accept the American un- the philosophical underpinnings of our constitution and our values, our cultural and political values. If you are if you are a Nigerian immigrant and you're a bl- and you're black y- and you accept that, y- you are an American. So the American, there is no ethnicity for America. And it's so funny how the left says, oh, America doesn't have a culture. We do. We have a constitutional culture. And I'd say it's pretty kick-ass. I mean, <laughs> if, if I had to speak on it, it's a really, really great culture. I, I really do think it is. I do, too. Uh-huh. I do, so. too, and that's why I defend it every single day. Mm-hmm. I do, too. And... um I, you know, for years, I've seen people stepping and walking all over the American culture, not knowing. I mean, they think America is just one big playground, one big, you know, um, job place where you could just go get money and destroy it and get out. And that's and exactly. so far from the truth, you know. The, uh, I forget what it's called, the revolving door effect or something like that. And it's, you, you either stay in your, your country, you either come here or you stay here and you work here. There's no going back and forth unless you... You actually become like a dual citizen or something. But yeah, I just wanted to show the clip real quick of Ocasio Cortez AOC. So, whoops. And her saying this. So I just want to replay that because that was. This is the Instagram live. I actually never saw it. Yeah, this is it. Sorry about her voice. It's eerie. It really is. <laughs> And I love, I, I love how she says this, concerned with him, humanity, at the same time as backing late-term abortions. Right. I love that. And the number of, of illegals that have died in these, con- not, I was about to say concentration camp, um, these detention centers, is really just astonishing. It's so little. It really is. And the reason, the main reason they have died, if it's not disease or something else, um, the main reason they have died is because democratic policies. And I don't know if you've heard of this. I, I, I forget. I, I read up on this a while ago. And pretty much, they've pretty much been blocking a ton of Republican-backed policies to give more you know, aid to these detention centers. Not, not complaining about if some 14-year-old illegal has a short, a, a too short of a bunk bed that his feet are hanging over. Not like that. To give actual more aid to these things to make them like, livable and to... To not not livable, but make them for humanitarian rights. Uh, so pretty much, the Democrats have been blocking those just so they can that people die at these detention centers, and then they can turn it back and blame it at Republicans. I just want to point that out too. They're they're actually not giving the aid to the illegals. It's that's actually Republicans. They're not giving aid to illegals, but they're giving them you know water, food in these detention centers. And Democrats are actually blocking these bills to actually go out and do this because they want to turn this back on Republicans and make them look like the bad guys. Of course, of course, and um, and that's that's what they do. That's what they are experts at. You know, yeah. Um, they they break the law. They do all kinds of stuff, but somehow they always make themselves out to be to be the victims. Um, 
you know, that I, I was at the, again, I was at the impeachment rally a few days ago, and there was, uh, they had signs everywhere that said, no one is above the law, saying President Trump breaks the law, and that's the reason why he needs to be impeached. It, yeah, there's, he's been investigated for two and a half years. I think they would have found something by now. Plus, he's been the most transparent president in modern history. I mean, if you remember, the media was whining about, and they weren't whining, but they're complaining, rightfully, about Obama not giving them press access and being super non-transparent with the media and with the, I believe it was Department of Justice and Congress and whatever. But Obama was extremely non-transparent. Trump is extremely transparent. And he's been investigated for two and a half years. Do you think he, this guy would have... That Mueller or whoever would have something on this guy. I mean, I mean, really? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's again as he said it. It's presidential harassment. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. They. It's a distraction. It's a distraction, and that's that's a that those are strategies that they use to keep him um, from actually focusing on what matters. Not only him, but, but by distracting the American public as well. Mm-hmm. I just want to play the rest of this clip, and then we could comment after. And that um, the fact that concentration camps are now an institutionalized practice in the home of the free is oh my God. By the way, I want to point out just real quick that the Japanese were sent to the internment camps by FDR, a Democrat, and the closest thing this country has ever had to a quasi-fascist socialist dictator. Just want to point that out real quick. And that's pretty much the video. And she tweeted about it because media uproar and everything else is why we're talking about it. Uh, pretty much ensued after. And she tweeted, quote, This administration has established concentration camps on the southern border of the United States for immigrants where they are being brutalized with dehumanizing conditions and dying. This is not a hyperbole. It is the conclusion of an expert analysis. And this es- expert analysis is... An article from Esquire.com. I mean, really, could could you actually do better? And then these, all these conservatives and everyone with rational thought commented on this tweet and everything else. And she said, for the shrieking Republicans who don't know the difference, concentration camps are not the same as death camps. Concentration camps are considered by experts, the same experts that predicted Trump and everyone else would lose. Experts as the, quote, mass de- detention of civilians without trial. That's what she defines uh, concentration camps on. And that's exactly what this administration is doing so she's saying that concentration camps are not as the same as death camps which they aren't but i googled i took screenshots and i is on, on my uh, powerpoint but the, the when you google nazi concentration camp or just concentration camp it pops up with nazi concentration camp uh, the holocaust auschwitz nazi germany uh uh dachau labor camp and it pops up with the notorious pictures from the holocaust um 
concentration camp, factsbritannica.com, a whole article thing on it from Wikipedia, and people dying, people that are malnourished, that are skinny, uh, these bones in front of Auschwitz, the, the trains, the gates of Auschwitz. That's what you look up when you look up concentration camp, okay? Yeah. And then you look up ICE deten- uh, detention centers 2019, and you see, I'm seeing right now, beds. There's some beds. There's some, to- there's like a toy next to a bed. These, these are actually like well-put-together bunk beds. There are these kids sitting on these steps next to pillows. These people are well-clothed. The, they have blankets. I mean, really gross stuff. It really is. And that, that's what the detention centers are. Concentration camps are completely different. I mean, really? I don't know if you wanted to say anything on that. No, no, I know. I mean, I know the conditions that a lot of these, these people live under. And I know um, that I've seen some... I haven't... I, I've never personally been to a, uh, to a detention facility... And now, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. After speaking with you, I kind of want to. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to. I really want to visit one. I'm going to find my nearest one and try to see if I can schedule a visit because this this really deserves attention from from uh, from all sides. Um, and, and and we can't. It's it's kind of kind of the same rhetoric that they used with um, with uh, the separating of the families. You know. Yeah. And, and they're uh, oh, sorry. No, no, it's it's the same thing because what basically people start believing it, you know. Even if it's false, if you say it enough times, um, people start believing it, and so we have to show our side too. Because I can guarantee you, President Trump wouldn't allow any 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 major abuse of anyone, especially children or anyone really, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and and honestly, to me. <laughs> They should be more like jails. They should be like jails. That's what they should actually look like. They yeah. should look like jails because they committed a crime. Obviously, yeah. you're not going to put a, a, a child behind the cell. But, I mean, they should for adults. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I. So, we're going to dive into, right after this, Trump's reannouncement speech. We're going to break that down. And right after, Don Lemon actually just com- flat out compared him to Hitler. And I'm not comparing anyone to Hitler right now. And I'm just using this because it's a quote very relatable to what you just said. I'm, I'm not comparing anyone to Hitler. Right? I mean, I really hate doing that. Comparing somebody to the the worst human in the history of mankind, perhaps. Um, so, Hitler, I don't know if you've heard of this. He said, make something along the lines, one of his quotes said, uh, pick a lie, make it simple, don't make it complicated, and keep repeating it. And look what the Democrats are doing. The kids are separated for two days with their parents, and they're reunited and deported together or go to trials. And, of course, they go off into the United States, catch and release. But um, moving on to our main topic, uh, President Trump. Oh, Also, I just want to give, before we move on, I just wanted to uh, give my final opinion on the matter and emphasize uh, that the Democrats are doing little for making ICE detention centers more humane and would rather demonize Republicans, like I said, and label them Nazis, and ICE Gestapo, and also, this is, like I said, so offensive to the Holocaust survivors, I just want to state that again, because what this Holocaust survivors had to go through to, I mean, to actually live, is really amazing, and the the fact that the Democrats are really, you know, they're downgrading, they're cheapening the Holocaust, six million Jews being killed on these cruel concentration camps in Nazi Germany, 
I mean, they're downgrading that for a detention center that is humane as possible. Really gross stuff. But moving on to our main topic. As you know, as you probably watched, I watched, I took notes. President Trump ran, is now formally running for re-election. He formally announced in Orlando on Tuesday night about his re-election announcement. He gave an amazing speech. Off the bat, I'd say the speech was more of an A-, minus, just because he didn't attack Congress enough. That's really the, the core kind of thing. It's one of the core things he needs to do uh, to get more support. That's what you saw Harry Truman do it. You saw Obama do it back in 2012. That really benefited him. Blame Congress and, you know, say they are not doing anything to get anything done. And that's actually facts. He's not lying, too. I mean, that's actually true. So, pretty much, I just want to read off the numbers real quick. So, I took notes of everything. And I took notes of what President Trump said. So, I actually thought he would attack Mueller, too, also. So, he, he, this is who he attacked and mentioned. So, he attacked Mueller once. The Trump administration's accomplished. He mentioned 21 times, which is pretty good. Um, he should have said, he should have talked more about the economy. But the Democrats blinded hate for President Trump. He mentioned four times. He should have talked about that a bit more. Obama and the Obama administration's policies 20 times. The FBI and its bias once. Hillary, four he attacked her quite a bit, crooked Hillary. Uh, uh, Supreme Court, uh, circuit judges, and Kavanaugh for he should emphasize more on circuit judges because that was a huge campaign promises promise, and he was actually f- fulfilling that. A uh, leftist intolerance five he should emphasize that a bit more too. Uh, uh, st- uh, stating the Democrats' potential policies if in power seven the wall three times. Um, I I, I might have s- actually that number might be off because he did mention that quite a few times. Biden twice, minority and uh, minority and women's success, economic success, and record record low unemployment, like the lowest Black American unemployment in history, lowest Latino unemployment, um, lowest women's unemployment eighty years, lowest youth unemployment sixty. He mentioned that eleven times, which is good. Himself and his campaign, both in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty sixteen, twenty times he mentioned that. Twenty twenty Dem six, abortion four, Space Force once. Law enforcement and immigration, twice. Healthcare, six. Israel, three. The Iran and the Iran deal, once. Cuba and Venezuela, twice. First and Second Amendment, um, he mentioned that four times. He mentioned the economy 19 times. He should have he should have weighed in that, on that a little bit more because the economy is just so stable and growing at such a fast rate right now. And a lot of it is because his policies. Now, uh, the, the quote, fake news and media and the left-wing media bias 13 times and democratic policies 13 times. But the, the problem I have is he only mentioned Congress one time. And he really, needs, he really needs to attack them much more because they have gotten nothing done. They have gotten nothing done. Nothing. Right. And I, I think that's something really essential for him to win. So this pretty much, I believe, is this the longer clip? Uh, but this is a clip... This is, we're going to break this down, we can talk through it and pause it, but this is one of the clips, it's, it's either the, um, because there's two parts to it, it's really the first part of his speech, so yeah, so the first kind of part of his speech, about the first half, first third of his speech, was talking a bit about the issues, and of course, like what Trump does, you know, go around, talk around, joke about people, attack the media, the, the, the his uh, supporters there actually chanted, CNN sucks, which is just hilarious. And then he uh, called out the, the quote, fake news, like a, ton, like a ton of times, which is just great. But... Yeah, it was like 20,000 people. If you saw pictures from there, it is insane. It's insane. And there are thousands lined up outside. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've been to two of his too, and they're just so because the first one or the, yeah the first one I went to was in June twenty yeah sixteen sixteen, and it was at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, and this is when he was you know kind of like the old like new primary campaign Trump kind of guy, and then he could say whatever he wants. He wanted, he could have said, like he said, um, I could go and shoot somebody in the back of the head on a on Wall Street and I wouldn't lose any votes. It, it was kind of like that kind of rally, and it was just really hilarious. And then the second one I went to was a more serious rally. It was actually from his departure from when he met the Mexican president, I believe. It was in Phoenix at the convention center. But, yeah. Uh, uh, m- moving back into it. So here is that clip. I, I don't know which one is which. We'll see, though. This is a Guardian video. Okay. So th- this is him talking about the policies too. So this is this is the non, this is the serious one. And the w- one thing I really want to comment on is how the how President Trump really shifted uh, from before the campaign in, in 2016 to now on abortion. I, I don't know if, if you know about that, Paloma, but he was he was actually fairly pro-choice before he ran for president. And then he had to pander to his base more, so he became fairly pro-life. But he is about as... No, no, I think... Uh, this is my, my, my thoughts on that. I, I don't think it was so much about pro-choice or or you know i think what really really kind of uh got to him was a late-term abortion that gets to everyone that gets to a majority of the country i i see where you're coming from with that i believe that's the reason why he won the election to be quite honest with you like especially i don't know were you uh were you did you follow the debates yeah i watched all of the the primary and the general election debates yeah he really scolded hillary on that yeah, he really did. He really did. I mean, that, that was, you know, that last debate, that third debate, because, it, you know, he went, honestly, I'm going to, I mean, I'm just being honest. He wasn't really good at the debates, you know? Yeah, I, um, I agree. He had certain talking points that were amazing and, you know, and funny and everything else. But, uh, but yeah, he was definitely not the best at debating, but when, especially when Hillary knew the questions and he didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody talked about that. But, yeah. um, Anyway, but yeah, so I think during that last debate, the way he made it so graphic as far as late-term abortion, that right there just won, you know, millions of people over, I think. That that was like what we, not not we, because I, I had made up my mind probably before he, he announced he was running for president, but, um, you know, the people that had maybe at, at that point still had any doubts, you know, after that statement, there, there were no doubts. That was it mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, and I think he has to be twice as more graphic in 2020. I mean, that that's that's really the key, kind of, to be as honest. Because being graphic is being honest. Yeah, being graphic with abortions is being completely honest with abortions. It's it's not a, a abortion doctor walking into the room and waving a wand and the baby's gone. It's actually ripping the baby out of the womb. We've talked about this. Uh, ripping the w- baby out of the womb, uh, using crushing its skull, ripping its limbs apart, um, sucking its brains out with in a uh, with a vacuum forty times more power. Yeah, I mean it is really that's what he needs to do. But 
yeah, an- another thing I want to point out is the main reason he won the election is because, let's be honest, Hillary Clinton was the most hated person in America at the time, and she one of the most hated people in America still, and she was the worst candidate for president of the United States. She really was. This guy was literally talking about, well, consensually, but groping women and touching their genitals one month before the election, and he still won. That's how terrible Hillary was. And another thing I want to point out is the deplorable speech she gave. That really lost some votes for her, too. She really screwed herself over at the end, and Trump really came back in the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, he really came back, because here's the thing. I, I love it when, when he's unscripted. It's the best we're going to... Because he's too. real. That's just who he is, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and uh, and when, whenever he... Whenever he just really says what he thinks is when he scores. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, and that's what people see about him. That's what I saw about him. I remember analyzing him during his um, during the campaign and just I, I, it, it was it wasn't even what he said it was I mean of course it was what he said but but it, it was more of the way he said it the way he carried everything out you know um, there was one statement that he made about bets during the campaign that that was just like it literally brought me to tears I was like wow like this is this is incredible because it you could tell it meant something to him and and normally it doesn't. They're all politicians, and they just don't care. All they care about is winning, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to play the rest of this clip, and then we can talk about it. have even opposed measures to prevent the execution of children after birth. You saw that. America will never be a socialist country. He said that in the State of the Union, too, which is just amazing. Socialism. We believe in freedom, and so do you. We will defend Medicare and Social Security for our great seniors. We will defend it like nobody else. We will come up with the cures to many, many problems, to many, many diseases, including cancer. We will eradicate AIDS in America. We will lay the foundation. And I love how the media is treating this as he actually doesn't have a shot. Um, President Trump actually promotes something called the free market which has led to so many scientific and technological and medical advancements and innovations in the past hundred years, which is just amazing. The fact that you're actually saying, I mean, President Trump is not going to go out and get in a lab coat and start curing cancer. If that's what the media is picturing in their head, they're wrong. He's going to promote the free market, and they're going to figure out the this, I don't want to sound like a moron, the scientists, the doctors, they're, they're going to figure out cures with all of this money. Here's the thing. The thing is that I, I have about me and, and, and I'll tell you now I've been studying um, alternative medicine since I was 16 years old mm-hmm. I've gotten people out of hospitals when they're given three days to live I've gotten people out of hospitals in 24 hours when the doctors have not been able to cure them in a month like I have a friend that was that is now he's about 30 now he was 24 at the time and um, he had been in the hospital for a month and within eight Within 24 hours, I got him out of the hospital after being in the hospital for a month, okay, for an entire month. Wow. And um, and feeding, they were feeding him through a tube and everything else. And, um, and it was all through alternative medicine because the thing about it is that the medical industry is such a huge business. It's so, it's so corrupt, just like politics, just like so many other things. Cancer is a huge, 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 huge industry, multi multi-billion, multi-billion dollar industry. And if we don't have cancer, 
a lot of these people are going to be starving. A lot of these doctors are going to have no jobs. So what they do is they keep you sick. You know, they literally gave my dad, my stepdad, Brent, three days to live. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm not going to let him die. I'm not because I have too much knowledge to let him die. He was in an induced coma at a hospital in Pennsylvania. And I got and three days later, he was up and awake and fine. Eight days later, he was playing video games in front of television. And so it's alternative medicine is super powerful. And I think President Trump understands, you know, how many millions of people are suffering, not only in America, but possibly all over the world because of this stupid, corrupt, disgusting medical industry. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That, that's really, really great stuff, or, or what you said there, too. Landing yeah. American yeah. astronauts on the surface of Mars. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Orlando. Thank you, Florida. And that's President Trump's greeting, everyone, at the end of the, the speech. So that that's more of the policy side of it. This so I, I don't know if you wanted to say anything about Paloma. Here's a political video, a Politico video. Uh, we might just play a little bit for the sake of time. It's like a six minute video, but it's more of kind of what he said, uh, uh, like uh, these politicians and everything else, and kind of the more the, the first part, like the comedy side of the the speech. Um, well, I'm sorry. Are you asking me? I mean, are you asking me to comment? No, if you if it's up, it's up to you if you want to. I didn't know if you wanted to say anything on the the policies and everything President Trump just was talking about, or we could just move on. Yeah, no, I um, I, I just loved his entire speech. I think it was probably one of the most powerful. I mean, there was another one a few, uh, maybe a couple months ago that I, I was just like, wow, like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, his State of the Union was spectacular also. Also, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was amazing there too. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I think he's just real. And when he is, you know, it just it's just powerful. Uh-huh. So I think we're probably just going to play half of this clip here. Just for the sake of time, so here we go. I stand before you to officially launch my campaign for a second term as President of the United States. Very historic, because exactly four years ago this week I announced my campaign for President of the United States. And it turned out to be more than just a political campaign. It turned out to be a great political movement because of you. A great movement. 2016 was not merely another four-year election. This was a defining moment in American history. Ask them right now. He's pointing to the media. Yep, uh, the fake news media. Uh, So, yep, President Trump is actually very right on that. Uh, 2016 was an extremely historic election. I don't think the uh, he I mean it wasn't necessarily the election, the election itself what, what happened inside of it. It was I mean kind of, but it was, it was more so what happened after and the how he shook up American politics so much. Right. He yeah, yeah, he came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh he came out of nowhere and people didn't expect him. People underestimated him. And, uh, and I think he really took him by, by surprise, you know, and I mean, I, I love watching those videos over and over where, you know, all these idiots say that he will never win, that he doesn't have a chance. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, November 8th was literally just, you know, 
a day I will never, ever, ever forget. And and uh, and just to, you know to see their reactions and the world's reactions to his to his win was amazing. So yeah, it, it really was, and I I'll never forget the uh, the day either. The New York Times is even saying he's a 99% chance at, at losing, so it's just just amazing what the turnout. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. So, By wow. the way, we've got, that a, we've is got a, a lot, lot of work to do, and it's, it's beyond 2020, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're at your age doing everything that you're doing. I'm, I'm very thankful for that, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Now I was talking about the crowd. So th- this side of the debate is more... Um, kind of the the comedy, I guess you could say, the stand-up comedian part of Trump. And then we're going to wrap this up, but President Trump, he, President, uh, or excuse me, Vice President Pence, uh, was talking about illegal immigration. He had an amazing thing he said. He said that the, 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 Me- the Mexican government has done more to help America's illegal immigration problem out in 10 days than the Democrats have in 10 years. And, and it's so true. Yeah. And then... First Lady Melania greeted him. So we're going to wrap up here. Uh, I, I don't know if you wanted to say any last thing. Um, um, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for everything that you do, for, for, um, for you know, dedicating your, your, your teenage years, really, um, to the future of your country. I'm so proud of you. Thank not you. that I'm, you know, not, not I'm, you know, not, and I mean that in the best way possible. It really makes me proud to see someone like you, and that, and, and I just can't wait to see how much more and more you and you know people your age will keep doing and uh, and and standing up for what you believe in and standing up for justice. I really, I you know, I, I really thank you for for everything that you do. Thank you. I I couldn't thank you more to to really to really bridge the gap between. Mexico and America and corruption and honesty. It's really an amazing thing you're doing yourself. Yeah, and please come on, uh, come on my uh, on my new page. Remember the other one, what was taken down? Yeah. And I believe I do have the video, um, but I would love for to have you back because um, even this, you know, even when you when you have this, when when the uh, when you post it, please send me a link so I can post it as well. Okay, I'll be sure to. So I just wanna say. I think President Trump, I hope a moderate, or excuse me, a progressive, gets uh, nominated so President Trump takes him down. I think that's the what's going to happen. The Democrats are already pouncing on Biden. And it looks like he has a good, good shot in this race. I mean, if the economy stays stable, he will win. If he, this, the economy can, stays at a rate it's growing, the rate it's growing, I mean, he will win in a landslide, a popular vote landslide also. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, Trump 2020 all the way. I think yep. people finally, a lot of more people that, than the people that voted for him um, are starting to wake up finally, finally, even though we do still have a lot of opposition. But again, I think we've got this, and the more we come together, um, the more, you know, the, the more we're going to be able to do. So we've got to keep coming together. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I do. But anyways, think that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tell your family, your friends, your neighbors, and even liberals. Go follow my social media at Brent underscore Allen 94 on Instagram. The same on Twitter at Brent underscore Allen 94. B-R-E-N-T Allen A-L-L-E-N 94. All lowercase. And go follow and go check out my Facebook, Brent Allen B-R-E-N-T A-L-L-L-E-N um, A-L-L-E-N uh, capital B, capital A on Facebook. I didn't know if you wanted to 
to plug your social media there, Paloma? Um, yeah, well, yeah, might as well, since my page got taken down. I am as Paloma, P-A-L-O-M-A, Paloma, F-O-R, Trump, and also Paloma, the number four Trump, on Facebook, and, uh, and Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, that I'll be using more and more. I have a website, www.palomafortrump.com. Um, so I invite you all to keep following everything that we do because we're going to be collaborating more and more. And again, sure. what I just said, we got to come together. Yeah, yeah. But I, I completely agree with you. But uh, give the show a rating. We really need some more ratings. It helps us out a lot. You don't even know how much the ratings help. It shows if you, if you, if you look it up in the iTunes store or whatever, the ratings actually do help because we do stand out. Uh, it helps us out a lot. If you don't do it, we won't be doing this much longer because the show, it just won't grow and we won't get enough support. Uh, also, please shout out and promote the show on all of your social media. That'll help us out a ton. A ton. We'll be back next week for sure with episode 15, reacting to and breaking down the first Democratic 2020 debates. I am Brent Allen. This is the Brent Allen Podcast. The Brent Allen Podcast is an Anchor Publishing production, Anchor.fm 2019.